0: Discerninghearts.com in cooperation with the missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory presents The Holy Rule of Saint Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image. Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of Saint Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vilde. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Mauritius.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm excited about this particular topic we're about to address, especially for Americans. There are many, many books on how to and the ways to be a leader. And here we have probably one of the great leaders. Look at what he established and look how long it has lasted. Let's talk about leadership according to St. Benedict, shall we?
1: Yes. The rule of St. Benedict gives a lot of material for how to improve our skills to lead. Although the rule is not really focused on this topic. It covers, as you know, covers all kinds of topics. But already in chapter 2, St. Benedict speaks about the qualities of the abbot. And the abbot was and is the leader of the monastery. And in chapter 64, he describes how an abbot is to be elected. And there are chapters on the prior, which is the substitute of the abbot. There are chapters on the cellarer, who is the business manager, the treasurer. There are chapters on the deans. And these all... These chapters are also, in a way, focusing on leadership. I think a healthy leadership is such an asset for a community. It's not all. It's not all. But it's a lot. Why don't we go right into this chapter number two on the qualities of the abbot. I have to admit it's a little bit longer chapter, but it's really worth to get to know. To be worthy of the task of governing the monastery, the abbot must always remember what his title signifies and act as a superior should. He is believed to hold the place of Christ in the monastery. Since he is addressed by a title of Christ, as the apostle indicates, you have received a spirit of adoption of sons by which we exclaim, Abba, Father. Therefore, the abbot must never teach or decree or command anything that would deviate from the Lord's instructions. On the contrary, everything he teaches and commands should, like leaven of divine justice, permeate the minds of his disciples. Let the abbot always remember that at the fearful judgment of God, Not only his teachings, but also his disciples' obedience will come under scrutiny. The abbot must bear the blame wherever the father of the household finds that the sheep have yielded no profit. Still, if he has faithfully shepherded a restive and disobedient flock, always striving to cure their unhealthy ways, it will be otherwise the shepherd will be acquitted at the Lord's judgment. Then, like the prophet, he may say to the Lord, I have not hidden your justice in my heart, I have proclaimed your truth and salvation, but they spurned and rejected me. Then at last the sheep that have rebelled against his care will be punished by the overwhelming power of death. Furthermore, anyone who receives the name of Abbot is to lead his disciples by a twofold teaching he must point out to them all that is good and holy more by example than by words proposing the commandments of the lord to receptive disciples with words but demonstrating god's instructions to the stubborn and the dull by living example Again, if he teaches his disciples that something is not to be done, then neither must he do it, lest after preaching to others he himself be found reprobate. And God someday called to him in his sin, How is it that you repeat my just commands and mouth my covenant when you hate discipline and toss my words behind you? And also this, How is it that you can see a splinter in your brother's eye and never notice the plank in your own? The abbot should avoid all favoritism in the monastery. He is not to love one more than another unless he finds someone better in good actions and obedience. A man born free is not to be given higher rank than a slave who becomes a monk, except for some other good reason. But the abbot is free, if he sees fit, to change anyone's rank as justice demands. Ordinarily, everyone is to keep to his regular place, because whether slave or free, we are all one in Christ. And share alike in bearing arms in the service of the one Lord for God shows no partiality among persons. Only in this are we distinguished in his sight, if we are found better than others in good works and in humility. Therefore, the abbot is to show equal love to everyone and apply the same discipline to all according to his merits. In his teaching, the abbot should always observe the apostle's recommendation in which he says, use argument, appeal, and reproof. This means that he must vary with circumstances, threatening and coaxing in turns, stern as a taskmaster, devoted and tender, as only a father can be. With the undisciplined and restless, he will use firm argument. With the obedient and docile and patient, he will appeal for greater virtue. But as for the negligent and disdainful, we charge him to use reproof and rebuke. The abbot must always remember what he is and remember what he is called, aware that more will be expected of a man to whom more has been entrusted. He must know what a difficult and demanding burden he has undertaken directing souls and serving a variety of temperaments, coaxing, reproving, and encouraging them as appropriate. He must so accommodate and adapt himself to each one's character and intelligence that he will not only keep the flock entrusted to his care from dwindling, but will rejoice in the increase of a good flock. Above all, He must not show too great concern for the fleeting and temporal things of this world, neglecting or treating lightly the welfare of those entrusted to him. Rather, he should keep in mind that he has undertaken the care of souls for whom he must give an account. That he may not plead lack of resources as an excuse he is to remember what is written, Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things will be given you as well. And again, those who fear him lack nothing. The abbot must know that anyone undertaking the charge of souls must be ready to account for them. Whatever the number of brothers he has is in his care, let him realize that on judgment day he will surely have to submit a reckoning to the Lord for all their souls and indeed for his own life as well. In this way, while always fearful of the future examination of the shepherd about the sheep entrusted to him and careful about the state of others' accounts, he becomes concerned also about his own And while helping others to amend by his warnings, he achieves the amendment of his own faults. Hmm, This is a long chapter, but it's a big task (laughs) to be a superior. And we can apply this chapter not only if we are superiors or bosses or whatever, any kind of responsibility that is entrusted to us can be enhanced by this chapter. The first thing that sticks out to me is that Benedict over and over again says the abbot has to give an account. In a way, Benedict is threatening the abbot. He says, you have a lot of responsibility. You really take care. I think this is very important. The higher up you are, in the hierarchy no matter if you are in the church or in a business or wherever in a family the more responsibility you have and if you are very if you are very up then there are not so many anymore who correct you and who control you and this is a dangerous thing in a way for st benedict There is only one above the abbot, and this is Christ. This is a dangerous thing. This is why he is so strict and says, you have to give an account. Don't play with this responsibility.
0: We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Valdi. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross. The Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today.
2: Gloria St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue pure vessel of God's grace. Behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen.
0: We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world, with Father Mauritius Fildi. I'm reminded of the passage, oddly enough, from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 33, where it talks about the watchman and how you are called to, all he's asking you to do is say what he needs to have said to do the bidding of the Lord. And if you do it, then you've done what you're supposed to do. But woe if you go away or you, you shirk or go do not profess what the Lord has asked you to do, then the fall falls on you.
1: And the reason here is for the monastery that the abbot represents Christ. Ah uh, that's a big word, oh I, I tell you. Woo. So he is our role model. Christ Himself should be our role model when we have responsibility. But on the other hand, as you said, He will give us the word that we need and the gesture we need. He will give us He will guide us and help us to do the right decisions.
0: Put it in that context then all of us because by virtue of our baptism with that we it's not I who live but Christ who lives in me Galatians 2:20 you know we represent him and essentially yes I'm when we can talk about leadership according to Saint Benedict but then we're all called to be Christ leaders aren't we
1: yes that is true we all have a responsibility to bring Christ to the people and not to confuse and to mess up the image of Christ that we carry. That's true.
0: I can't help but think of the uh, two examples that Charles Dickens gives us in the Christmas Carol story of the Scrooge leader <laughs> who was so demanding and mm-hmm. spirit-breaking at mm-hmm. one point in the earlier part of the story mm-hmm. to his charge, Bob Cratchit. But then there was another example of another leader, a fizzy wig, who gave with such good cheer and was so nurturing to the point where he was even broken in the end, not unlike Christ, because of the goodwill that he continued. And he would be remembered as the model of the loving owner, the loving the manager. May not have been the most successful, but then again, what's your measure of success?
1: That is true. St. Benedict puts it, by saying we should serve the different characters of the people. So each one needs something different. So according to the circumstances, to the capability, St. Paul says in the first letter to the Corinthians, I have become all things to all people. So, like Jesus did, there is no general way how to deal with people, with personnel, or with brothers. The individual tells you what he needs. and We are to serve his needs. And it's always better to be cherishing and encouraging like a good father. Okay, sometimes people need a more clear word, but this all should be in the spirit of service.
0: It is a tougher model for leadership because in some forms of modern-day leadership training, there are set, regimented, structural, this performance, this behavior, this outcome, again, that measure of success. Mm -hmm. St. Benedict, he begins even the first part of the rule, that you have to listen.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And you have to listen to each person and then model your response to that that's not as it's not as clean cut as to some of today's models
1: yes i think the leader in benedict's monasteries has first to work on himself benedict says the abbot should be a model in deed and word so teaching is one part you know it's important the mm-hmm. word but even more important is the example. And you only can give example if you really are in the Spirit of Christ. If you really live it, you cannot pretend to do this, at least for a longer period of time, you cannot. For the abbot, it's not about the performance. This doesn't work anyway because in the past at least, and sometimes today, the abbots are elected for a lifetime. So <laughs> How can you just show off something or just pretend to be something? The truth will come out anyway in a small community about every leader. So the only way for him is to work on his his being, his his spiritual life, his relationship to Christ. He should role model, he should model Christ, not just... And I say, stir the brothers up to act like Christ. He should should be like Christ.
0: When we talk about leadership in its many different forms, it's true of someone who is managing a corporate office or a teacher in a classroom or a doctor working with medical staff and engaging with his patience. Mm-hmm. It can take on many, many different forms, can it?
1: Oh, yes, it can. And <clears throat> one leading thought in, in St. Benedict's rule would be the patience of the leader and to give your clients, the people you live with, give them time. So, for example, he uses this image of being 11 that permeates. So the abbot should be like eleven. What does this mean? It takes some time until his teaching and his example is accepted from the people with whom he is together. And this you can also adapt or um, this you can also apply to other forms of leadership, the teacher, for example if the teacher has really the patience to give the student the time to grow the time to learn i know probably the system of our schools is not they are very much on results and performance um but is this growth really sustainable then you know you can easily repeat what you have learned and just uh show that you have learned it but this image of the leaven means Benedict wants a real transformation transformation of the person that the people the brothers become Christ like and again you can apply this to education, teaching give them time to really Become knowledgeable, become wise to gain wisdom. You can apply this to doctors, as you, as you said. Healing, most of the time, is really a process. It takes some time. Certainly, you can fix things, chuck, 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 and then they are fixed. But often, these are complex matters, our health issues. So often, we need a transformation of the whole body and the whole soul. Bodily illnesses will return if you don't change your lifestyle, for example. (laughs) This is an an example, you know. A a quick surgery, a quick pill don't help, but it helps if somebody is transformed into a more healthier way of life. In other words, the physician, the job of the physician would be to be the leaven to help, Stimulate those forces or those energies in the patient who help him to transform on his own accord. You know, to stimulate these self-healing forces. So it's it's a different kind of leading. It's uh, as you said, it' a leading that starts with listening. It is a way of leading that takes the presence of Christ and the Holy Spirit serious that it can be found in the other person. So in a way, the abbot, the leader, the doctor, the teacher, whoever it is, is just a facilitator in a way. It's kind of a very simple, a very humble position. It looks like a very outstanding position but the contrary is the case because you serve the people you serve so many different people you really have to listen what they need
0: to go back to a point that you made earlier in the conversation that's why it is so important that the person who is called to that leadership position whether it can be in any form of a work setting Maybe it's even in a neighborhood. Maybe it's in a a particular group through a school. I want to open up all different possibilities. But it's so important that that person have that anchoring, that grounding, that relationship with Christ in that listening because your leadership could very well be contrary to the the mode of, of previous experience, whether it's in that organization or in that situation, and you may ruffle feathers in a way because of that particular approach. You have to be so anchored yourself and confident yourself that even if storms start coming up, you can remain that peace, be still. Whether or not it's proven to be successful by a certain worldly standard that leader needs to know that they've done what they've been asked to do and the voice that they communicated was not their own but his. Is that what I'm hearing in this particular um, teaching?
1: Yes, in a way, the abbot or the leader in the monastery is like a rock. Mm -hmm. The world and the day-to-day life is is crazy enough that uh, we are all concerned and Uh, troubled by things that occur, the leader shouldn't impose his worries and his sorrows and his anxiety, whatever it is, on the others. That does not mean that he shouldn't show his vulnerability and his weak parts, maybe in contrary. But this rootedness in Christ what you mentioned, this is important. How can people find peace around you if you haven't found the peace?
0: Other aspects to this particular teaching, Father Mauritius?
1: Maybe as a last thought, Father Anselm Grün, a Benedictine in Germany, a writer, once tried to put together all these thoughts on leadership and the rule of St. Benedict by saying, leading according to St. Benedict means, first of all, to lead yourself, to be guided by God first. So work on yourself. See that you make progress, and that's enough. Everything else will fall in place just by grace. But as long as you are on the journey, as long as you listen, as long as you, your journey is under control, in a sense, under the control of Christ, then you will be a good leader as well and don't have to worry about that you do everything right.
0: I'm reminded of something Mother Teresa said when you said that, that God doesn't ask us to be successful, he asks us to be faithful. Yes. Is that in essence?
1: Absolutely. According to St. Benedict, success would be if all monks, each individually, really reach heaven. And so this is not an external criteria of success. Who could measure this other than Christ and the respective brother? It's a different quality of success. Certainly St. Benedict wishes to be the, the monastery to be fruitful, as we have heard. He wants the flock to increase. So this is a sign of the Holy Spirit. So if the flock becomes bigger, that might show something of this kind of success, but still it's more an eternal thing here in the spiritual realm. Success would mean if the leader, the abbot, is able to create the framework that helps each brother to find God because this is what he wanted. This is what he, why he entered the monastery. He wanted to seek God. So this is what the abbot should foster.
0: Thank you so much, Father Mauritius.
1: You're very welcome.
0: You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Vildy. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, We hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi.